podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A unfortunately not Saudi version of the Touchline Media Group. We would love to be a Saudi version of the Touchline Media Group, but that call, that check is still in the mail. Uh, the personal terms uh, yet to be agreed to. Also, uh, halfspaces.com is available for a very reasonable price, Saudi oil barons. Only seven figures. It's a steal. <laughs> Um, we know that you have $17 billion devoted to this. So, you know, why not throw a million our way? Who who, who, who would notice? It's, an, it's, it's a rounding error, really. Um, I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I'm here with my co-host, Napoleon Ben. Uh, you, you you might think that, that that should have been Napoleon Craig, but nope, nope, Napoleon Ben with us today. Uh, also, Benny and the Jets. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, that this episode, that Elton John song or Billy Joel? I always mix those two up. One of those two. Uh, Elton John, uh, the, the British one, not the Nassau County one. I understand they're very different people, but their music is the same to me. So no, no, totally. They they they're like uh they're Nirvana and Pearl Jam to me. It's like I like very different stories, very different people involved. Um, but same ish music, same ish right. time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah, Billy Joel is like protect cops and elton john is like the most fabulously gay man ever um one is very very into women and one is very very into men right um (laughs) and i i I would argue elton john significantly better but i don't know that elton john has has a song that's like penetrated uh consciousness like piano man i'm gonna get yelled at for that but Piano Man, like, go to a bar with white people. You will hear Piano Man, I promise. <laughs> I went to a country concert on Friday, and the guy played Piano Man. Yeah, it's ubiquitous. <laughs> it's like, you know, anyways. Um, so uh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith & Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air sites put in. Uh, bird Dogs, I think, still. Um, and, oh. uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, whiskey, please. Like, we'll... We'll do yeah, in kind. shelf whiskey is fine. Mellow corn, I'm available. Old crow, where, yeah. where, where are you at? Old granddad. I mean, it's all the that same. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, so um, first things first. I, I want to acknowledge that um, we are we are um, doing this episode after the Women's World Cup has started. Um, but I do also need to admit that game one was at uh, six o'clock or nine o'clock on a Friday, and that that just that just wasn't getting watched uh, on time. Uh, so we, we don't know exactly uh, everything that happened to the, to the level that I think it deserves. Um, so we're not going to talk too much about it. The only thing I want to mention is that um, when the lineup came out, um, I know enough about the women's national team um, to know that um, they just decided to like put a six at center back who hasn't started or played soccer really in like three years. And that's the level of respect they had for Vietnam. Julie Ertz is a six. She hasn't played really in two years. And they were like, yeah, center back. She's never played center back before. If you know about soccer, you know that center back pairings are like a thing that you need to get, you know, minutes with because uh, offside traps are a thing, Aaron Long. Warming up against Vietnam isn't the worst strategy in the world. 
No, um, but uh, but notably, we, we we started the front three that everybody sort of expected: Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, and Alex Morgan. Um, they're good. They're going to score a lot of goals. Um, we're not as overwhelming as we should be because we have a coach who sucks. Does that sound familiar? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's it's a, a it's a it's a program thing. Aside from the overwhelming talent part, <laughs> right. how about this how about this we have a lot of exciting attacking talent that we don't really know how to use and we fail at finishing and i and like i don't want to compare alex morgan to jassy's artists or whatever but like hanging on to an aging striker a little longer than you'd like when you have like a really really great young attacking talent who's not playing all that much how old is she now i feel like she's been playing forever alex morgan is 34 there we go um, she, she has a lot of goals. She has scored 120 goals for the national team. All right. Um, and is great. And I hope she wins another world cup, but we'll be surprised. It's not a little more than that, given that we win seven to nothing so often. Uh, yeah. But like, you also have to remember, like, she wasn't like a locked in, sh- like she was like a bench option until like the 2019 cycle, because like we, we have the thing where it's like, Joe Burrow gets two years at LSU because there was a quarterback before him and a quarterback after him. And you get your two years as an upperclassman, like Alex Morgan, like took over from Carly Lloyd, who in turn took over from Abby Wambach. And like, you go back through the list of five-star attacking options. Um, Sophia Smith is the next one. It's like, you get like a cycle, maybe two. Um, But anyways, uh, so the other actual bit of news today is that Champions League qualification started. It's July. Soccer needs to chill. Like, oh, I mean, did it though? It's like second division, like Bulgarian teams against Mark McKenzie. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Mark McKenzie is still in the Champions League. You are deep in qualifying rounds. We are. We are in the second round of qualification. Um, you get. You. You have to look up where the teams are from because you don't know who they are. Um. Today also there was uh, some some Europa Conference League qualification. That's when you get really into it. Um, there there are there's a team called Tre Pene Galazano, which like three pasta Golazo. I, I they don't even have a, a team thing on FotMob. I don't know where they are. Honestly, I there, maybe this exists, but there should be some website out there that just sells like soccer t-shirts and jerseys from their like weirdest coolest named teams like i would totally buy like the strongest uh oh yeah or whatever would you would you write would you buy uh, a shirt that says ham run spartans probably not but you would i would and they (laughs) they uh they actually you know what they got a, a eighth eight minutes into stoppage time winner today against dynamo tbilisi um which is in georgia uh i know that because of community. Community makes a joke about Georgia uh, as capital being Tbilisi. Anyways, um, Mark McKenzie started, went 90 in what is technically Champions League football. Technically Champions League football. So, you know, that's good. Um, but that actually brings us to what we're going to talk about today, which is sort of a post-summer depth chart reset. Um, with the understanding that we learned a lot about depth pieces, I think. I think that, like, as you go through this, like, we learned a lot about who can and can't do certain things. Um, so before, before we get started, um, we're going to use the, the sort of the halfspaces.com trademarked version of tap charts. 
Um, which is to say that like there's a difference between the way that Tim Weah plays right wing and Brendan Aronson plays right wing. And comparing them straight up is not really all that useful. Well, I mean, think of your favorite sport. There, yeah, there are outside linebackers who are more linebackers, and then there are outside linebackers who are basically defensive ends. And, and right. there, are, there are power forwards who, you know, actually want to be near the basket, and there are power forwards who stand outside the three-point arc. It's the same thing. D- same position, quote-unquote, but very different roles. Right. So we're going to use the um, the delineations uh, that have, that is on halfspaces.com. Um, we're going to start with one of the more simple ones because I think that it's easy to, um, determine, uh, you know, goalies because there's one type of goalie. Um, you know, we could, I guess we could like do like shot stoppers versus sweeper keepers, but it doesn't matter. There's one answer. Um, so I think, I think, um, no, no dispute here, I assume. Um, but Matt Turner is number one. Oh, yeah. I, I think, honestly, if you just want to jump to Matt Turner's number one, he's good, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Good job, Matt. Um, good if job. You to, if you want to jump to the interesting part, who's your backup, Asa? So this is where I think it gets interesting because if we, because we're not really in a 2026 cycle, right? We're in the 2024 cycle. We are preparing yeah, for America Copa, cycle. right? Yeah. And so like, if it were the 2026 cycle, if we didn't have Copa, if we just had what we just did, which was an off-year Gold Cup, a summer of qualifying nothingness uh, on your gold cup 2025 and then qualification and world cup. I would say Gaga is your backup right now because you have to have the guy who you think is going to be ready when the time comes, but we're, re- we're not really there because you can't, you can't just sort of like roll your eyes at Copa. Um, so I, I think, I think Horvath is still your number two um, because I think Stefan's done. For, he didn't get picked up. He didn't even get picked up by um, Luton Town, though. Like they didn't that's, pick up. That's the weird thing. Like, what is? Is he like a, a locker room cancer? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, but I don't know. Maybe he's just annoying or something. It's possible. I mean, maybe he brings. Maybe he brings a bring, like, Hoppy with him places. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and Horvath like, and Hoppy are just like the worst people ever. Stop inviting him along. Um, I think like. I think we should also do this, like, what is our depth chart and what is Greg's depth chart? Because I think Greg's number two is probably still Stefan, and Greg's number three is probably Johnson. Did uh, Stefan get a permanent move to, uh, crap, whatever team he's on now? Because uh, he's on loan from Chelsea, right? He was on loan from uh, from or, uh, Man City. Man City. Yeah. So and, I, just, I just think of everybody being on loan from Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I do think he's still with Middlesbrough, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that he did find his level here. I think he is a championship level keeper. Um, like, but, but I think that especially, especially given Matt Turner's sort of stranglehold on the number one job, I, I think that like you really do have to go with Gaga, Gaga two, three. Um, and, and whoever your other guy is, like you want him to be reliable and someone who you're not going to like freak out about, which I think is still probably Sean Johnson forever. But, um, like, I, I want it to be Gaga just for the ceiling. Right. I mean, Sean Johnson seems like he's taken over as the uh, Nick Romando, like, good guy who can still play kind of I, I think it's precisely that. So, I, I mean, if if um, Gaga starts getting, if he's like, for instance, if he is uh, Chelsea's, you know, cup keeper this year, like, that's what Matt Turner does. 
Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, that's 900 minutes, right? Like you, you assume that you're going to play about 10 cup matches between the Carabao Cup and FA Cup, and who knows? Maybe you make like play like a dead rubber in December, and someone gets hurt. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, the Champions League is uh, you know the last group stage game or something. Yeah, they're definitely not in the Champions League, but yes, some something like that. Like I, I'm fine with Gaga getting 900 minutes between now and next summer. Um, he. He's he's going to play in the Olympics next summer. He's probably going to play in, in the Pan American Games. I think he's still eligible for that. Like, he, he's got a lot of games to play between now and Copa. So, like, I don't think he necessarily needs to be your backup right now. But I think by 2026, he absolutely is number two with a bullet. Yeah. Um, but I think for, like, senior national team games, like, is he going to be there? Maybe. But I think number two is probably is probably Stefan for for greg yeah you might be right yeah so let's let's go to uh a long time on the backup quarterback yeah uh so let's go to the attacking right back um i think i think that that so so just dear listener we have two types of fullbacks we have attacking and we have stay home or or defensive i guess um let's let's do left back easier because jedi is number one both places all right, so yeah, sorry again. The st- some of these places, the starter is just boring. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to get the boring play. ones. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to get the boring ones. Until his legs fall off in any every tournament we play. But um, who is your backup at this point? Is it is it Scally on both sides, or is uh, did Mr. Jones do enough to be your backup? So I actually think that my backup, my backup left back. If you if you need a goal, right? So like if we're if we if we know we're going to get a lot of the ball, we're now we're attacking. My backup left back is still is Dest because of who my backup attacking right back is. On my backup attacking right back is. I get you. So this is going to be yeah. a horses for courses situation. Exactly. So if I'm if I'm talking about a backup attacking left back, it's Dest because obviously I'm 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 previewing this, but it's Reynolds on the right. So then you put Reynolds on it right back, and you move right. Dest left back exactly but um, if you just have to swap in a left back left back is it tim Weah? <laughs> like can you throw tim Weah there like it, it's it's a it's an interesting question but i think if, if you're going straight up who is my second best attacking left back who is not on the depth chart elsewhere if that's what we're really talking about here um i i think so, it's duan jones where has um where has Weah been playing for juventus in the preseason, he's a wing back, right wing back. Really, and that's what they're talking about. I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen Juventus play yet, but um, but I think that they have him in a three-five-two as an attacking wing back, which for our purposes is the exact same position as what he plays. <laughs> so he's now Juan Juan Quadrado. Yes, yes, they they just went sort of one for one there. Um, so I I think I think your backup left back, if if you're in if you're if you're looking to attack, is Dewan Jones. Um, I think that he puts in, he puts in a nice, a nice, um, ball. I think that he's shown an ability to get forward and not get it, you know, die in those like sort of quick one twos. Um, and I think your other options, you know, John Tolkien, Sam Vines, who's, who's just coming back from injury. Um, they're, they're not great. Well, and I think, uh, the gold cup kind of shook it out. Like, cause you know, Tolkien started game one. Yeah. Jones beat out Tolkien in the gold cup. So unless Vines comes back and. Although we have, you know, I guess it was uh, 
BJ Callahan in charge for the Gold Cup, and Greg oh, okay. has has seemed to have <laughs> did seem to have a uh, soft spot for vines in the past, but who knows? Yeah, I, but my, my issue with vines, especially in an attacking role, is that he really only has one foot. Yeah. Like in, in a way that like it's not like oh ha ha he has no, I, he cannot make passes with his right foot, um, oh. and when you're in attack, like the, the issue I have with that is actually like ironically about recycling possession. When you're in the attacking part of the field and you can't right foot it back to the center back, you get picked off. Well, I'm just going to totally make up a theory right here. I'm going to say that left-footed players are more one-footed than right-footed players. Uh, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to say that because there's so few of them that I would guess they just automatically get stuck on left wing, left back, left center back. And yeah. they're like, you left foot, go use it. Meanwhile, there's 90% of the P players who are right-footed and they're like, you better learn to use your left. Like, I still remember, I was not a soccer player growing up, but my younger brother were, were younger brother was, and I remember my dad making him go into the backyard and practice his left foot. Like, you yeah. get so many chances to use your left foot, you have to learn how to use it. Well, I don't know. I'm just totally making this up, but no, I, 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 I hear that. More <laughs> um, I think, so, so I think, I think in terms of our left back depth chart, um, such as it is, like, I think, I think it's Jedi until the wheels fall off, but really like, I would love to see more experimentation with other like ways of using that position. Like right now, our left back goes up the field and crosses. And that's what our left back does. Unless it's Dest who doesn't play by anybody's rules or conventions. Um, But like, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but like, the stay-at-home left back was a thing for a very long time. Yeah. And so, especially given where, like, our backup six is not a backup six, like, I don't hate the idea of of, of having that three-man platform. Well, and for a long time, the left back position was such a hole. You're like, what can I do to minimize this so it doesn't hurt us? Right. And now we have a player that's good enough that, you know, we can play that to our advantage instead of just trying to minimize the importance of it. Right. And so, and, and I think like, if you have, if you put like a, um, you know, a, one of the kids, right? Like, like if you, if you decide to put Jonathan Gomez or Caleb Wiley or whatever, then it's easy. Cause it's just like, get forward, who knows, whatever. But if, if you, if you're not in a position to play the kids because either because you're playing adults or because you know that you're not going to get a ton of the ball, like, why not put a center back there? Why not play like a third-ish center back? Chris Richards has shown an ability to get forward. Jalen Neal has shown an ability to get forward. Between the two of them, okay, just pulley system, right? Like if you get forward, okay, the other one stays back. You still keep your your two-man platform, but one of them steps in the midfield almost. Um, like that's what I want out of our backup left back. Because as much as I as much as I love Dewan Jones for Michigan State reasons, like if he steps on the field against Netherlands in the 60th minute, we're dead. Like we're dead. We we cannot do that. So like in the same way where it's like if James Sands is our backup six and he plays against Germany, we're better off not having him on the field. Well, if that's the case, then is Joe Scally your um nominal know, defensive lockdown? But like if you want to play defensively, he goes in at either spot. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I think that you it would be very difficult for me to say we're gonna play defensively. Unless, I mean, look, if we have the full MMA midfield, cool, fine, whatever. We, we've shown that, like, Tyler Adams makes things okay. Um, like, and, and it, it's, it's like a terrible way of, of constructing a system, but, like, I, 
I don't know, Tyler Adams makes problems go away unless you play him 720 minutes and then suddenly he can't track back Memphis to pot. Like that's, that's why you don't do shit like that. But like that moment is still so weird to me. It's never, I, I've never seen Tyler do that. Even, even if he's exhausted, you still expect Tyler to make the effort there. It was just like a, I would I, like nobody. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to ask him that question. I would just love to hear like, and he's not going to do this, but he's going to say, "I thought X had him." Yeah, or like this person was supposed to slide over and cover that. Like, it's, it's got to be something there. It's like when it, when when there's blown coverage in football, and you see a safety and a cornerback look at each other mid play and start yelling at each other. Yeah, and like a Tyler, I. I, I don't know. Like, I really like, because he he's, I've, I've not seen him do that before or since is all I'll say about that. But then even if that person gets asked about it in the post game, they say, that's my bad. They oh, don't, of course. They yeah. Don't, you know what I mean? They don't, unless, they, they, unless they're Jurgen Klinsman. Then they, then they just right. Throw right. Like, I, I don't think Tyler would come out there and be like, you know, to use the football analogy. It's like, yeah, we, I, I called cover three and the cornerback didn't go deep. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> right. It's like, this is going to look bad and I'm just going to have to deal with it. Right. Like, it's like, I look bad because I'm the deep man, but like I, I was, I had the middle of the field, not the, not the, not the wide part of the field and, and whatever Tyler's sort of version of that. Yeah. Um, and we'll never know. Maybe we'll never know. Yeah. But I think, I think Scally probably is your, is your, in my mind, your four, two, three, one. He has to be one of your, your um, fullbacks if you're going to play the four two three one with McKenny and Musa, right? Honestly, I think we've been saying this forever. I think he's the swing fullback. Yeah. Unless I would say the only the only uh, caveat to that would be if you need offense, then Reynolds I might pick ahead of him just to throw on and say go. I I, I love the idea of Reynolds in a game where where we we know that we're either playing a low block or we know that. Um, we know that we need to chase goals, right. right? I don't know if you can carry that specific of a tool. Uh, again, I'm not a baseball guy anymore, but do you carry the left-handed reliever who only gets out left-handers occasionally? Like you put it, bring him in to get these one, like that one batter out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think that the, the, if, if we, and we're not doing like a 23 tickets, but right. if we were doing a 23 tickets, I, I think you bring three fullbacks and, bring a luxury player somewhere else and say to yourself, like, screw it in a bind. We know that Tyler Adams can play fullback. We know like he's done it. And, and like, I don't want our backup, our backup option at fullback to be Tyler Adams, but like, we've seen, we've seen Greg do that where he's yeah. just like, screw it. I'm going to put my six at, the, at, at a fullback position and go. Um, So like, I, I, I probably wouldn't have Reynolds as a, as a top 23, but I probably would have him as, one of the backup fullbacks. Yeah, I'd have to put sit down and look at the look at the roster, but he'd probably be like twenty two to twenty five, like somewhere yeah. in that. You know what I mean, right? And 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 especially like when you consider the other options at fullback, um, the other options at fullback are not options, right? Like you're not going to bring Reggie Cannon. I like Reggie Cannon a lot. You're not bringing not, Reggie I, Cannon. Not on current form. You never right. know. Yeah. But like if DeAndre Yedlin plays serious amounts, Shaq Moore plays serious amounts. We saw, we saw what happens against serious opponents yeah. when those two, when that caliber of player and I look, nothing against DeAndre Yedlin, but like, he's not good enough to play. You know what, you know what's cracking me up as I think about it? Lionel Messi passing to DeAndre Yedlin and just like the thoughts that must be running through his head. He's like, 
Oh, goodness. I, 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 I didn't look it up, but I, I would love to see if DeAndre Yedlin, when he was in England, ever played against, like, a Messi or whatever. And, like, somewhere in, in the back of Messi's head is, like, we attacked this kid relentlessly. Like, all we did was find this kid and go after him. It's got to be, like, when you're playing catch with, like, your five-year-old son. You're like, okay, don't hit him in the face. <laughs> like, throw it slightly off to his side so he can extend it, extend and, like, it's got to be right there. Otherwise, yeah. this is going to go poorly. It, it, it reminds me of, I, I'm, and I'm not the first person to make this analogy, but Busquets and Messi coming on was like the Italians and kicking and screaming. <laughs> yes. um, and like you saw with Busquets, like Busquets is, is notable for how un-American he is, right? Like he's just slow and lumbering and somehow always makes the right pass because like that's how it works. But like watching him sit back and just be like, where's Messi? There, cool. Going to get into him now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like like it, it's it's like watching like you use the analogy of like oh a five-year-old like your five-year-old son don't hit him in the face i think busquets to messi was just like um peyton thorne to Jaden reed like peyton thorne was just like when he was at michigan state was just like fuck where is Jaden reed there he is i'm going to throw it to him now yeah it's like, the mean screw it he's you know he's down yeah, there somewhere he down there somewhere um so in terms of the center backs um I think that like, oh, and in terms of the, the, the Greg, um, the Greg depth chart, I think that he doesn't like Scally, but I think that it, it, the, the Delta between Scally and whoever is fourth here is very large. So right. I think that he probably would bring a natural, uh, natural center back, um, uh, you know, or a natural left back like Vines or, or Jones or Tolkien or whoever it is, um, because that's how Greg works, but um, I, I do think that he'll bring Scally. I don't think that he would bring Reynolds um, in terms of that 23. So in terms of center backs, um, I think that our rights, our, our first string center backs are, as far as I can tell, Richards, Richards and Robinson. Well, I think if you have, now this is never the case, but if you're top four are um, Richards, Robinson, Ream, and Zimmerman, I think you're in a pretty good spot. I would trust any of those guys. Yeah, I'm. If you start I'm, getting I'm down, if you start getting down below those four, I'm nervous. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna add one to the list, and it's Carter Vickers. I think that if you okay. have Carter Vickers, I, I think that five, four of that five, I'm cool with. And I'm bummed that like life has just worked out that Carter Vickers has not really gotten a good run. He's always been injured or unavailable, or right. They're in the Champions League or whatever. Yeah, I think I think he's he's had a tough go of it. Um but I think that five, right? Once once you start getting into the next tier, which is your, you know, Mackenzie, Miazga, Long, um and and and, and we'll talk about Jalen Neal in a second. But like I mean, I still have hopes for Mackenzie. I still have hopes for sure. Jalen Neal, you know. Palmer um, Brown. Palmer, well, yeah, I, I have lesser hopes for Palmer Brown. But, I mean, but the, so, so I'm not including Neil, but like the McKenzie, Palmer Brown, um, you know, sort of cadre. Austin are, Trusty. Austin <laughs> Trusty is another one of those. We're like, Apparently. and they're like mid 20s. And you're like, we've sort of given up on you, but for some reason you're still around. So and you fine. never know. It's the you never know tag on a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um, but, I think that that top five is is very clear. Like if you're going to talk about tiers, like that that five is is, is where you're going to take from your four. Um, and to be honest, I don't care. Like I I don't care as long as Richards is there. I don't care who the other three are. Um, I think Richards is the best one. 
I think if, if, if play this year for Palace, I don't, I, I don't know that, but he, he feels a lot like how Wale was where it's like, it doesn't matter. Like he's so much better than our other options that I don't really care what his form is. I mean, kind of, you, you don't, well, <laughs> the last tournament is making a liar out of me, but you don't tend to sub out your center backs. They have to be able to go 90. Apparently well, he just doesn't <laughs> strive to that particular theory, but that's the way it usually goes. Right. I, I think with Richards, like, especially, especially between now and now and Copa, um, you have to say to yourself, like, okay, he's going to play 180 against Uzbekistan and who's the other team we're playing? Oman. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then in October, we have a game against Germany and a game against somebody else who's serious. Um, and then like, okay, he'll probably play some in the congested December window of games in the Premier League. He'll play cup games across all competitions and with the, with the national team, you're probably looking at 1500 minutes just because there's so many games, so much rotation and center backs. Oh, by the way, tend to get yellow and red cards. Like, so, so between all that, I think he'll probably play enough minutes that it's not a problem. Um, but I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he's a locked-in starter because they still have Anderson and Gahey. I don't know. Get, get, I, honestly, I, I didn't watch hardly any Crystal Palace last year because why would you? Played, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think that's the group of five. And I will say this about Neil: if Neil moves away from Galaxy, and this isn't like an MLS thing, it's a Galaxy are abjectly horrendous. If he moves away from Galaxy and and plays serious minutes. For another team, and that could, that team could be Nashville, that team could be PSV, that team could be Bayern Munich. Like I don't care if he gets serious minutes at a team that is not horrendous. I, I think that we 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 start including him in in that group of five because obviously the talent level is there. If if he can show it consistently at a high level, great. Um, if not, then you know he he's part of the twenty thirty cycle, not the twenty twenty six. Sorry, I'm continuing the proud tradition of looking things up as we talk about it. Of course. Chris Richards came on as a sub in their last match and the match before that he started. I don't know. I don't know the starters well enough to tell if he played with like the starting group or the backup group, but he is at least getting minutes. So, okay. So that's, I mean, that's, that's notable. Um, What else is notable is how impressive you would look in bird dog shorts. You know, Greg, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I think the reason we have a lot of fun is because we both don't like to wear pants. Is that correct? I am a staunch advocate of never wearing pants. But you do have to wear something, right? I, legally, when I go outside, yes. Uh, when I'm not outside, it's really up to interpretation. So I guess, like, the real question is, is there something that you could wear that, that makes you look good? but also looks vaguely, I don't know, acceptable in public? Well, you know, I've heard of these new things called bird dogs, which are neither birds nor dogs. We'll get to the Mm. false advertising later. But, uh, you know, they are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which gives me a truly sculpted look. So if I were to compare these to, to maybe another brand... Uh, that I, I don't know why we're, we're mentioning actual trade names in an advertisement, but hey, that's what we were told to do. Uh, what would you compare it to? Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing <laughs> as that brand 
that starts with an L and ends with lemon, but fit way better. Well, I'm not going for copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get in trouble either. Um, what if, but, but, but could you compare them to say like your normal everyday khaki shorts? Yeah. Fuck cotton. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. <laughs> yeah, cotton's super restricting. That's what everybody says about it. Um, it does bird dogs have any proprietary uh, technology, right? Everybody likes technology. Do they have anything new that they did? Yeah, they did a bunch of ketamine and came up with <laughs> and fixed this issue by invent- inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit. You guys can't do it, but I'm doing this, this slimmer fit. You can't see it. Without having to sacrifice any movement. Well, that's great. Um, Greg, do you like smelling like shit in your shorts? I <laughs> No, so I, I try not to shart very hard. But just in case I do, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day long. Uh, well, I guess, you know, if if I wanted to purchase a pair of these shorts that are neither birds nor dogs, what could I do? You should go to www.birddogs.com backslash pool. That's pool, P-O-O-L, like Liverpool, but, you know, better. And enter promo code, again, pool, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti style tumbler, nope, <laughs> your order. That's birddogs.com backslash pool for a free tumbler. You, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Please, please, please don't sue us. We really don't have a lot of money. So they, um, they're certainly like, using Chris Richards, but let's let's talk about the midfield. Um the starting midfield is three of four, right? It's MMA R. Ram. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Ram. <laughs> yeah. Um either and and arm. I think arm. <laughs> um but what's interesting to me is that I actually do think McKenney and Musa are locked in start. Hey, we could do army if we go with Eunice instead of Musa. Ooh, I like that. I like that. We're gonna go army. Um, and we're going to do a four four two diamond, um, like the good old <laughs> like days. The army midfield. The army midfield. Um, do you ever miss the the four four two tight diamond? I do. I think about it sometimes about how much fun that Honestly, was. I think it'd be kind of fun to just be like the team that's stuck in the eighties and just roll a four four two out there with like the whole like big striker, little striker. Like, do we uh, have a big striker? I guess Josh Sargent's sort of big. Yeah, throw DK out there. Throw uh, Ooh, throw Fock out there. D- tall guys. DK and Polisic as a strike partnership would be yeah, phenomenal. Like and the- by DK and, and Polisic, I mean obviously the latter day Josie and Dempsey. But <laughs> big man, little man, like the big 1980s man. English trope. Uh fat man and little boy, perhaps. Maybe don't go with, maybe don't go with that one. <laughs> um but in in terms of the midfield, I think I think it's three out of the four. Yeah. Um I think I look. We we have to live in reality, and reality is is that Greg Berhalter is our coach. Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna do not like each other. These are these these are our realities. Like I, I wish that they weren't realities, 
But the fact of the matter is, is that we have a Hoosier situation where our head coach and our Jimmy Chitwood fucking hate each other. <laughs> and frankly, I don't care. You're grown no. adults. Like, you don't have Except to like each Gio other. Except Geo isn't. Yeah, no. that's true. Rain he, isn't. He should be soon. He, he will be soon. He's hurt again because he's yeah. always hurt. Um, But I, I think that like three out of the four, and, and cool, to be honest, if if we go MMA and Reyna's on the wing, cool, fine. If if Reyna plays as an eight, which he's so good at, um, or that like eight ten, like cool, good, do it. Well, um, and if we can keep the the nominal four two three one we ran over the summer, then you know Reyna, yeah, Reyna, Polisic, and Aronson can all play that spot. Right, and you just have to find one more. Well. I mean, you can, know, you can bring five. Yeah. You can bring five for three spots, right? Like, I think we have four. I'm not going to call them world class. I'm going to call them four top five league worthy midfielders. You've got, you know, Reyna. You've got um, Adams, McKenney, and Musa. Right. Beyond that, I don't think De La Torre, like De La Torre is a top five league backup quality, which is probably enough to get him on the team, but not in a way that I would trust. I mean, I think like the difference between Luca De La Torre and the just very deep level of who knows whatever is not that huge, right? Is De La Torre better than, than George Mihailovic? Yeah, he is. Is he a lot better than George Mihailovic? I, I don't know. If not you really. Three of the four guys I mentioned on the field, I feel pretty good. If and the you thing have is, to go beyond that four, I don't feel good anymore. Agreed. And but I think the thing is, is that like you can rotate if in a, in a in a group stage situation, and your first knockout game, right? Because we're we're basically historically, and I, I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but historically, we get four games in the World Cup, right? We get out of our group, we lose in the round of sixteen. That means each one of those four gets a game off, right? Or a game as a sub. That's enough. Well, and then the the other thing you can think about is, can you configure it in such a way that Pulisic and Aronson are fake midfielders that you could have them eat some minutes with? I don't know. Well, I, I think if you go four two three one, obviously Pulisic can play in that 10 role, um, which he that's seems to be playing, playing yeah, yeah, in Milan. Um, and... You know, Aronson, Aronson plays as an eight for us. Like even now he's not good at it, but like defensively, he's a killer Um, to the point where like in the nation's league, like he and Joe Scally made Alfonso Davies look simply very good and not horrendously terrifying. By the way, this is totally off, off topic. Well, not totally, I guess, but can you imagine how much better Christian Pulisic's life must be right now? Like I've been he so from, happy. He moved from London at Chelsea, which just seems miserable, to a beautiful part of Italy, where, like where he's probably like I'm sure, not that where his family's from, nice his or whatever. His grandma's Italian. Oh. Um, he's like I, I'm sure he's having a blast, and especially since like he's in what I'm going to now refer to as the dust zone, which is where an, an an immensely talented player just shows up. And everybody's like, holy shit, this kid's really good. And they haven't gotten to the point where you're a pain in the ass yet. And look, Christian Pulisic at some point in Serie A is going to have one of those games where he dribbles, 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 gives it away. And just does that for 60 minutes until he gets pulled. He'll have that game. Uh, If if we have any Italian uh, fans listening, it's coming. But like, (laughs) we're still in the zone where it's like, 
this dude can dribble anybody, which is super, super neat to have. But um, I agree with you. I think we have four midfielders. I, I, I don't even know who's coming, who can be useful. Like our, our, our best prospect in the midfield who's not established is who? Tanner Tessman? <laughs> Like, like that's, that's what we're talking about. Honestly, it's getting to the point where I'm slightly concerned that we don't have a high level prospect in the pipeline. Like, where is that guy? I am a a little bit concerned about the fact that like our best option in the youth setup is like Diego Luna or Jack McGlynn. And like, that's where we're at. I mean, Um, Diego Luna as much as the next man, but I don't really want him to be the guy I'm counting on to take over for Weston McKenney. <laughs> no, no, um, that's not great. But like the, the flip side of that is that Weston McKinney is going to be here for the next two World Cups. I suppose. Is he going to be, be playing anywhere? I don't know. We'll find out. Ventus um, him, but he's like, no, I love you. So I, I think like the, the, um, uh, the, like the rumors and by rumors, everybody knows who I am referring to. Um, say that he's going to go, he's going to end up back in England. Um, but I, I think like it, Weston will be fine because Weston finds a way onto the field because he's good at soccer. Uh, and also he has a skill set that is really, really hard to deal with, which is he's really good in the air. Um, so he's, but he's not- enough to play to be in shape though. That's I mean, true. Do you remember half of our team trying to play themselves into shape during the World Cup? Sure do. It was not a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think that like, we, we, we do have to find some, some kids, uh, you know, and look, Obed Vargas, sure. Pedro Soma, great. Like there are Rokas Puxas, sure. Um, but like none of these guys are, are exciting yet. And, you know, somebody stepping up would be nice. Um, in terms oh, of the, sorry, the, uh, McKenny rumors at the moment are Aston Villa and Dortmund. Please, Dortmund. I please, Dortmund. Please, Dortmund. Um, yeah, please, Dortmund. Um, I, I guess, like, if we're going to talk about the backup six, like, we've referred to it, but I, I want to be explicit. The backup to Tyler Adams is is a 4 one That's the backup to Tyler Adams. Um, if you make me pick one at this point, I'm going James Sands, because I, I enjoy Mr. James Sands. Sure. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, like, cool with Musa as a backup six and, yeah. and going with, like, because... And like going with Aronson as backup eight or is Malik Tillman or whatever. Is Musa to Milan still a thing? It, it, I, I swear to you, Fabrizio Romano once every other day says that they're still they're they're still talking, um, but it has not. It obviously has not come to fruition yet. The, the latest I heard was that they've agreed to personal terms, but not a transfer fee. Is that is that an accurate summation of where we're at? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, so I I think that like we have four midfielders, maybe five, again, like five where you talk about Aronson and you do the four, two, three, one. Like that's how I think you can eat minutes. And, and yeah. like, I'm actually very, still very high on Malik Tillman as like a 10 inverted winger type player. Um, but he doesn't have a, a club right now. I mean, technically he's still with Bayern, but like, he's not saying it Bayern. Right. Um, uh, although that's a fun thing that we, we do every other year where we have a player at Bayern. We're like, what if they break in? And then they're Justin Che. Yeah, right. Um, but beyond that, I think that we're looking at um, that, that group of four plus like guys who can eat minutes. Because if, if we're if we're talking about Luca Della Torre against the serious team, I don't I don't think that's it. Um, and, and obviously, Kellen Acosta at all are not 
that. Um, so in terms of the wingers, um, you know, obviously Pulisic and Way are the guys. Um, their backups, again, Aronson is in there somewhere. Um, but who is the fourth winger? Because I, I really, I, I want to, I want to put forward Jesus Ferreira. Um, like, I don't hate, I didn't hate him on the wing. Yeah. I mean, he, he does. I don't mind. He's better at crossing than most of our wingers are. And he has more ideas than just let's whip it in there and hopefully it hits somebody. I, I don't love him as a winger, but. But like, I, I guess it's not like, do you love him as a winger? Do you like him more than Julian Gressel and Jordan Morris and Kate Cowell? But and <laughs> I still think our wingers, I still think you should include Aronson and even Reyna as quote well, unquote wingers. Right. I th- I think that like, I think that when you when you talk about like our front, call it our front six, right? Front five, right? The the five between whether it's two wingers and three midfielders or or a band of two and a band of three, like whatever. Within that five, I think that we do have something in the in the vein of ten players, right? Like I think it's like MMA, Reyna, Aronson, Polisic, Wea. That's seven. I'm and- also gonna need to see evidence that Burhalter is willing to play Reyna as a midfielder yeah we've never seen that um which is notable um but I, I i think like you you have to find someone else right like whether that and look i i happen to like cade cowell like i think that cade cowell is someone who can give you something can he give you something against germany no no he can't um <laughs> you say go race you say go race that guy sure i actually i actually would have ball and to ball, see- not as much no, no, but like, wouldn't it be so funny if you had like a situation where like Brazil brings out one of their 36 year old fullbacks? Like we play Brazil in Copa and like they they have Marcelo out there or, or Colombia has Quadrado out there or whoever. And it's like, take Cowell time. <laughs> Deal with him. Deal with him for 60 minutes in the middle of the, the, the American heat. We're just going to no. kick balls to the corner and have you yep. race, race him. <laughs> like, I, I I actually don't hate that. Like, like it's like it's like setting up play action, right? Like, it's like, you know that this dive is not going anywhere, but, you know, we're going to keep doing it. I, I love that idea. I think it's so funny. Yeah. Um, because, like, you don't chase me, I'm going to get it. Right, exactly. It's like, you tell Kate Cow, like, look, what you're going to do for the next 60 minutes is win sprints. I don't care. I like, what you do with them, I don't care. But we're going to do more. You can do more of them than that guy. That's the right. (laughs) Right. And it's like, and some, look, sometimes they're going to be go routes. Sometimes they're going to be fade routes. Sometimes it's going to be the corner, sometimes in the middle, but those center backs and that fullback, they're running. They have to. So go from there. Um, But I I also think like Ferreira maybe as the fourth winger, so to speak. Um, I think also, I, I don't hate the idea of Josh Sargent. Um, like we, we know that he can do it. He's not, he's much better as a striker than he is as a, a winger. All right. So since we're overlapping here anyway, let's just say for argument's sake, we're bringing three strikers. Who yep. are your three? Uh, to me, it's, it's obvious. It's Falarin, uh, Balogun, Ricardo Pepe, Josh Sargent. Like to, to, to me, it's that, that's, that's obvious. Because I, I don't hear the argument for Ferreira over, sergeant which is really well, the argument the argument the the argument i would say that you're making is you see Ferreira as a winger so if he dealt i don't think i don't think sergeant is a win uh, although i guess he had to play sort of out there for 
for uh, what you might call it Norwich. Norwich last couple yeah. Of years. Oh, but he gets to be the nine this year. So very excited about that. Okay. He, I think he got. I think he actually took over. Like took the number nine. I saw like like I saw like a clip of him in like a, one of the friendlies where he scored seven goals or whatever yeah. um, against a bunch of plumbers in the, the eastern you know coast of England. But um, I think I think he they actually gave him the number nine. Um, so I think that's the group. But I think at at striker, like I think Vasquez told you that he has one skill set and it's not really that great. Um, I think that. Ferreira, like that's the thing with Ferreira. Ferreira gives you something, but I don't think that Ferreira is as good at Ferreira things as Sargent is at Ferreira things. And like that's that's my thing. It's like I can't think of a time where I would rather Ferreira over Sargent. Well, so I like if you're gonna you know like skill bar rank him or whatever, or like you know do Madden style rankings, I would set Ferreira's skill bar a little higher than I would Sargent's. However, I would put sergeant's physicality or whatever whatever the whatever the ranking is strength or something yeah at a, at a significant enough level above ferreras that i would still rather have sergeant Does and you know a, what making a coherent sense yeah and you know what berhalter agrees with you because when push came to shove and that's the thing about berhalter as much as everybody hates berhalter because he he picks his favorites and he goes with ML. Blah, blah, blah. When push came to shove, he did not go with his favorites. He went, he rode Sergeant until he couldn't ride Sergeant anymore. Um, and like he like, yeah, he had issues with Reyna, fine. But everybody else, it was like he played the MMA midfield until he couldn't play the MMA midfield anymore. He played Dest and Jedi and Reem and Robinson, like, or or you know, Reem and Zimmerman or whatever. Um so I think I think. For the for the striker group, like I just I don't see a, a reason for Ferreira up top. I do see a ton of reasons for him as a ten underneath a, a proper striker. I would love that. You know, if if we're gonna throw him out in the midfield the way that Calhan did, great, cool, like love it. But yeah, if you're, I, I just if you're gonna do the uh, the big man little man. <laughs> Ferreira makes sense. <laughs> he he would be awesome as as a as a secondary. Uh, you know, like the the late arriving guy or the guy who's shadow striker wasn't that yeah. a position in like FIFA or something? It's a yeah, it's like a the, the second whatever second striker, shadow striker, whatever. Um, so with that, I think that that's like sort of the the groups of guys that we're talking about. Like, yes, we could talk about Taylor Booth or or Paul Ariola or you know Gianluca Busio or whatever. There's there's a number of players we didn't actually mention. Alan Sonora. The reason we haven't mentioned them is because they, they're not, I don't think they figure in. John Brooks is not going to play for the U.S. men's national team. We have all <laughs> accepted it. It is what it is. Um, so we did get some, uh, some, some listener questions, uh, from our friend Scott. Uh, yeah. Scott says, give us some scenarios where the current USMNT head coach gets removed before the start of the 26 World Cup. Let's keep it team and sporting related to limit the drama. So limiting the drama. Okay. Um, I think, I think on the field, I think that if you, if you humiliate yourself in Copa America, I think you lose your job. And by humiliate yourself, I'm not talking about like fail to get to the semis or win it. I'm talking about like get blown off the field in all of the group stage games. Do you remember the, uh, the Confederation Cup in 09 where the U.S. actually made that, you know? Run? Yeah. 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 And then we played a serious team and got humiliated. No, what I'm talking about is the beginning of that tournament was us getting just demolished by Italy and then... Wait, what am I thinking of? Yeah, no, 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 the one where we made the semis. 
No, yeah, we made that. We well, no, we made the final. We, we made the final, beat, right? Almost beat, well, we were up two nothing on Brazil, and then they and then they Brazil us. You know the uh, the meme of the video game player sits forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that that tournament started with us getting just destroyed by Italy and I think Brazil the first time. So I think that would have to happen. But without like the the <laughs> the um, miracle run to the final after right. that. So like, I, I think something like that. I think I think if we're gonna we're gonna talk on field, it has to be something like that because that's the only thing that matters between now and the World Cup, right? If we if we have a shitty Gold Cup, like okay, all right. If we have a shitty Nations League, like okay, all right. Like who cares? Um, so I, yeah, I think lost, we lost three zero to Brazil, three one to Italy with goals from two goals from Diego, from Rossi, which was nice. especially fun back then. Very fun. Um, Very so good. At that, at that point, uh, people were, I, I think I've told this story before, people were screaming for Bob Bradley's head. I actually looked up um, Sunil Galati's email address at Columbia University. Very nice. Very <laughs> to good. Email, to email ranting at him. So I think something like that would have to happen. We'd have to be getting blown out in the in the uh, Copa America. So, uh, so, so reader, uh, Beto and, um, and Scott actually had a, had, had a, had a back and forth here where they talked about how, well, Beto thinks that there's going to be like more, more like bullshit between players and Greg and Scott pointed out that like, we actually have a problem because we haven't actually qualified for Copa America yet. Like we, we need to like get there through nations league stuff. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You just um, won the Nations League. How did we not qualify? No, like the next, like the, um, the, the 2025 Nations League or whatever. Okay. Um, so I think that um I think that it'll be it'll be interesting if we if somehow that that goes wrong. I don't think it's it will. And I think that like as much as pe- again, as much as people dislike Berhalter, the fact of the matter is is that he is very good at not blowing games that he needs to not blow. I mean, right? we don't we don't concede goals. Whatever you want to say about the man's offense, they just don't concede very many goals. And that's you're not going to lose a lot of games if you're not conceding any goals. I would say that you you will struggle to lose games if you don't <laughs> concede goals. Um, right, you have zero goals, you're not going to lose a lot. <laughs> and like the thing is, is that like if if we come out there and it's like we have our Greg Berhalter defense plus Reina playing centrally with. Pulisic, Wea, and Balogun, like, we're going to score goals. Like, Well, the whole question is, how much of that defense do you give up with Reyna as part of the midfield three instead of instead of MMA, who all run their rear ends off and defend well? So I think the thing is, is that, like, in Nations League, you don't need Adams. No. Like, you you just don't. Like, he, he, is, he is a piece that you don't need. Um, and you do, like, you don't need Musa and McKenney, but, like, both of them are useful in scoring goals. Um, and Adams isn't always. Um, so I think like if you if you go out there with Reyna, Dest, Jedi, Wea, Polisic, and Valigan, we'll be fine against any team in CONCACAF, including and especially Mexico. And again, we've said this how many times now? Just rotate the minute between minutes between those four guys. If they're all I mean, they're never all healthy, I guess. So maybe it's pointless. But if you have all four of them, you sit one of them for 36, you know, sit one of them at 60 minutes and play the other guy 30. And then you start three of the four of them the next time and bring the other guy on for the last 30. And I mean, there's a, this is not hard. It is not, it is not, it is, it is things you can do on a, on a, on a piece of, of scratch paper with a pen. Right. Um, 
which, uh, and we know, if we know anything about Greg Berhalter, it, he's, he looks awesome with PowerPoint presentations. So um, <laughs> in light of that, uh, if you'd like to uh, understand a little bit about the types of players we were talking about before we decided not to do that anymore, because that's just how this podcast works, uh, you can find Ben's website, halfspaces.com. Go check it out. He still gets ad revenue. Um, you can find Ben uh, on Twitter at BL Herald. Uh, you can find me at Dimes Esquire, except I'm never there. Um, I'm on the main account, TLS TDS. We do have a threads account, but I stopped using it because it's boring and dumb. Um, because it, it, they don't, um, it's not like chronological, which is sort of the whole point of this type of social media app. Um, we uh, are technically therefore on Instagram, but not really. Um, the special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire Sides put in, Bird Dogs. Um, please like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local Saudi Arabian, Emir- uh, uh, Saudi Arabian King, please let them know that we are interested. We, 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 we will take money. Um, but as always, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.